Coming up on Mount Hermeneutics, apparently we have more to say about Enoch. So uh, go ahead and, I don't know, keep it right here. You're listening to Mount Hermeneutics, where three Marines give their perspective on God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the Divine Council worldview. This is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the Christian faint of heart. Nothing about who we are or what we say make us experts, but you better believe we'll have a take, and perhaps it won't suck. Well, I'm a loud mouth. I'm out. I'm out in the town, you know, talking to Christians about Christian stuff, and people overhear it and they wanna they wanna fight about it. I'm sorry. Did I did I derail us with my my fourth my fourth wall break? A little sorry. bit. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. I it's, mean, it's no big deal. Yeah. I just like I I just tried to. I'm trying to keep us out of jail. Uh, well, it's been so long since we talked. I feel yeah, like there's, the, we have so much the, to catch up on. The week that was, uh, let's see, I uh, I got a new couch, rearranged my sitting area. Um, uh, my my merch is, is is still doing me well. Um, let's see what else. Anything? I got rid of my Christmas tree finally. I still have these decorations behind me, but the big tree in the living room gone. Uh, my Christmas lights are still on. I'm like a what is that? A Gretchen Wilson song. So <laughs> I ain't no high class broad. I'll tell yep. you that. Yep. You're not and, a high uh, class broad. And the uh Los Angeles Rams have cemented themselves in the number six seed in the playoffs with a young star by the name of Puka Nakua breaking records, receiving uh catches and yards. And I'm pretty pumped for the for the young man. He looks like he has a lot of fun playing games. Uh you can reach me at uh Super Dre at Instagram. Brian, what's up, man? Hey Dre. Uh what's up with me? I got nothing, man. I just uh we ask ourselves that all the time, Brian. What is up with you? <laughs> I I I I ask myself that. Uh hey, I watched Noah, the that movie we oh, talked about did you? last time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Let's talk uh, about that. Yeah. You know, like right right now, or you no, I mean, let's 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 cycle it back around, but I'm I'm glad you watched it. I'm curious to see how that all right. It ties happened. into our topic yeah. today of the book of Enoch. Um yeah. That's about it. I mean, I I have, you know, I feel like I have a rich internal life where like my life isn't as boring as it sounds like, but it's just, it's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to, to verbalize. It, it, hard it, to... It, 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 it exceeds uh linguistic comprehension yeah. or explanation. Yeah. My, my, my life seems more fulfilling than I can convey to uh strangers, but so. Well, in the know. words of Chael Sonnen, maybe what you see is what you get. And what you don't is better yet. Love that dude. All right. I'm at the third helix.com. And uh now what's going on with you, man? Oh man, I've had a headache all day. Freaking allergies killing me. Huh. Um other than that, not a lot. Um did uh got some new new tech that we've been using at the church on our production so that i, I did that today and it was kind of riding a, a big high we learned how to do picture in picture on the software for our our web uh broadcast that was kind of cool i was flying picture in picture all around the screen and making it disappear and the lady next to me that runs another part of the system she kept looking and i'm like hitting mute and i'm like 
yes, I'm quite proud of myself. If you can't tell, <laughs> I was like a little child. I was like, Whoa, look at that. It works. Um, other than that, man, not a lot. I think I might, uh, I might be heading down to San Antonio, uh, here in a couple of weeks to, uh, jump on the end of, uh, antlerless deer season down there. I'm going to meet one of my, my cousin's, uh, husband, Jeff, shout out Jeff down to my uncle's land, uh, down in, uh, on the river on the, uh, Guadalupe down in South Texas. So that might be happening here in a couple of weeks, but, uh, other than that, not a lot. Just ready, cool. to, just ready to get back into this, this, uh, the situation of Enoch and, and see where do we leave off at guys? Uh, I feel like the stuff that we left unsaid, I don't think we really nailed down why it's not canonical. We really didn't No. Uh, yet why it's still important that we didn't even talk about what's actually in the book. <laughs> we did. Yeah, that was going to be the, that was, <laughs> yeah. Like, that was gonna like, be the yeah, third first, point. You know, the first section, we, there's five sections, but you know, fuck all what? that. So what we're doing? Like, you know, <laughs> that was, I feel like that was all of last week. Which I, I guess, I guess the listeners, I guess if they didn't listen, they're wondering, well, what did they talk about? <laughs> we, um, we talked about a whole bunch of other stuff, to be quite honest. Yeah, we kind of, well, we kind of did one of our usual big, long, <laughs> circular talk about this to talk about that to talk about this and oh yeah enoch and we really well it makes it sound like we didn't talk about the book of enoch at all but we really kind of we really did it's just that it touches on so many things that we yeah we branched out a lot um but i you know it might not can we do a summary of at least the first the first few sections of 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 one enoch should I mean, we we, like, we did say like the the first book or the first section is is about the Watchers, but right. What what about it, and what did what did Enoch actually go through uh, according to his account? Um, you're saying we did talk about that. I say we, we did should. not. So I'm I'm oh. saying we should. So what is what is section one, Brian? Uh, section one is the book of the Watchers, and right. it talks of it kind of expands on. Uh, I mean, we Genesis did mention six. that it was a spinoff of Genesis six. Uh, it, it expands on on you know the the super brief verse in Genesis, but we didn't really. I mean, the, the significance of it. I mean, the the whole the whole point of our show being called hermeneutics, kind of kind of comes from that. You know, the, we should we should do some hermeneutics. You, like oh, they, you mean they Herman, they called they called it Mount Herman. Yeah, you know, for a specific purpose. That's you know, when as they made their oath and their pact to basically defy God, because the the leader, right? He was he was scared. He's like, you, you guys are gonna do this, and I'm gonna be held accountable. <laughs> so if we do it, we're all doing it. And it's kind of an interesting, you know, kind of kind of angel talk of like, I mean, if we're all gonna if we're all gonna give the finger to God, like. We should all be in on it. And then they they uh they bound each other with curses, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh which which is ironic because that's kind of what they got for following through. I mean, they 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 probably would have been better off not doing it, just taking the curses, but and there were only there were only two hundred of them, so it was named um, you know, a few dudes and the and... the leaders of ten were named. So there were right in in one ninety nine or two hundred in all, depending right. on what verse you read. <laughs> right. Um, so actually, I was gonna throw, I was gonna make a just a clarifying point there, Dre. You, you 
your your kind of re- rehab recap or rehashing of of Mount Hermeneutics. You know, for those that have never heard us say it, or maybe you wonder why in the world we have such a bizarrely long, impossible to pronounce word that you've never heard of before. There's there's actually there's a reason behind it, and it's a play on two words, right? So Dre mentioned Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is in the Bible, but it's only in the Bible kind of geographically. Um, and maybe there's some a literary, illusionary, you know technique behind that but specifically mount Hermon was the location of all the things that dre just mentioned um so that's that's an important thing to note um and by referencing mount Hermon, we're making a direct tie to this series of events right um yes. and then and then the second part of that play is the actual word hermeneutics is the you know the 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 intentional interpretation and understanding of what words mean. And so we kind of push those two things together to come up with a fantastical fake word that doesn't really exist in a a place that doesn't exist rather. More broadly, it means like biblical interpretation. Specifically Um, biblical. Yeah. Well, not specifically, but it's usually applied to the Bible, but it really hermeneutics is really kind of any literary Mm -hmm. interpretation, but it's it, you hear it most from Christians in the context of, interpreting the bible right technically if you go to english class and you study moby dick you're doing hermeneutics but they don't they don't call it that they just right. call it you know literary analysis just, or something i just thought that was kind of important to point out yeah no it is yeah, and we so... and i don't know that i don't know that we've ever t- taken the, the two minutes to explain that um yeah. so it could be useful and maybe just shrouded in mystery right like, actually Herma what? Herma did, i'd love to know in the comments if anyone that listens actually understood or knew the the basis of the name of the show. <laughs> I like and if word. you did, if anybody, I got a free gift for you. So let me uh, know. Very cool. I like I like that we're thirty episodes in and we just gave our kind of hey. our origin story, or our, but uh, our, our name origin, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the Book of Enoch. Um, What's it about? We uh, it's about ex- so. Spoiler alert! It's about Enoch. So, so in in the book of the Watchers, it was it was kind of uh, uh, prophetic. You know, he 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 became kind of a go between between you know uh, the angels and God, and these these angels who or these Watchers who sinned. And he kind of was a weird go-between advocate for them. But is there is there significance of why Enoch was was that for for them? Um, like why Enoch in particular was that? Yeah, like um, what was why? What? You know, I don't I don't think that's explained in the book. And and I this kind and of that, and that's why I asked. I I couldn't really I couldn't really make that out. This kind of ties into why it's not canonical. Okay. Um, which I don't know if you want to get into yet, but we, I, I kind of think we should, I think we should kind of run through the content first. That, that, that's, I, I think so since too. we're, yeah, since we're already sense. on it, yep. um, I was going to do that last, but, uh, but, um, we didn't You're plan welcome. this out. This is all unscripted. So <laughs> I, I know people can't tell because it's, it's usually so tight that, but no, we do this. We, we do this as we make this up as we go. We don't plan this. Um, I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, so the book of the Watchers, it talks about, uh, it expands on Genesis 6. It talks about how the Watchers, they swear an oath to commit this act of taking human women. And then it goes on to explain how in, in doing so, they father the Nephilim, the, these these superhuman giants who are hybrid human and divine you know basically what what you would call a demigod if it was a pagan religion um and this exchange of the watchers walking among you know the earthly plane as 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 apparently as human in human form to to get with human women they they give secrets of magic and warfare and metallurgy and this uh this corrupts the earth and also the eyeshadow specifically eyeshadow yeah it does mention that cosmetics it's 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 it's, i mean it was it was basically the first only fans way back in in (laughs) in genesis 6 that is an interesting point that bears further elaboration as as we go along but um just kind of the the sexual ethic that the book of enoch talks about coming from the watchers and their interactions with humans and how that corrupted the earth and how that played out through the rest of the biblical narrative. But the Nephilim were, were running rampant. They they're huge. So they had to eat a lot. They ate humans out of all of their, everything, all the food they produced. So they started eating humans and animals. Um, this led to uh, an outcry to God Um so that led to flooding that eventually led to flooding the earth. But before that, he cast the watchers into the abyss. They like literally put them in like holes in the earth that were covered with rocks. But they communicated with with Enoch and asked him to plead with God on their behalf. And so um, so he did. And the answer and like, you know, show his mercy. Can we get out? And the answer was no, uh-uh. you 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 crossed a line. Should have known um, better. Yeah, basically. So, so that line they crossed, and then and, you know, we, and I think we as we closed up last week, we had talked about you know Matthew twenty two and and Jesus talking about, um, you know, g- given in marriage, you know, in the after you're resurrected, um, how how they'll be like the angels. Well, the angels weren't supposed to do with the marriage thing, yet these did. Yeah, uh, and. So it, it you know it it begs the question, you know, w- were angels ever supposed to have offspring? Was that just God's gift to us? Is that was that part of us being in His image that we were able to create life, s- same as God was? And the angels weren't able to do that, and maybe a, maybe a a piece of jealousy for these these inferior beings on a whole, but they have the ability to create life which they cannot. You know, I don't know if, that, if that's ever explicated anywhere in in the in the Bible itself or in the Book of Enoch, but I think it. I think that's a. I think that's a worthwhile. It's, a, it's an Andre theory. This something. I, yeah, uh, yeah I, and I, I, it's not like, just an Andre. You ain't the Lone Ranger on that one. No, I, I. I think <laughs> I. I think I've said something like that. And I mean, I am previous, crazy, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I, I I agree with that. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that dogmatically, but I think it is. It it is worth considering and there is a kind of a jealousy that that is ongoing from you know from the watch from these supernatural beings to humanity um that we're kind of god's you know 
God's representative in creation in a way that they're not. And, um, and that's kind of what the divine council worldview is about. They, uh, they corrupt humans in order to stave off their condemnation, but I, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves on that. I don't want to get, get okay. too deep into that, but um, the book of the watchers kind of tells the story about how like Enoch is when he goes to intercede on behalf of the imprisoned watchers, he's told, no, they're not going to receive any mercy. They're going to, they're going to stay in, in their, in their imprisoned until the, the end of the age until the and in revelation you talk about they talk about how the the key to the abyss is opened uh suggesting they they're freed in the end times but uh and then they're ca eventually cast into the lake of fire but um enoch what is in given the godzilla this... movie is going on in the end times <laughs> um reminds me of miami yeah well huh well that's uh I, I wasn't going there but um but yeah the the rest of the book of watchers has enoch being kind of given this tour of sheol the the underworld what we would call hell and seeing all the imprisoned spirits there and also a tour of 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 earth and seeing like the mountains of the north and the east and the south and the west and kind of describing their geography and where the sun rises and sets and and all this stuff and uh um it, you know it, it kind of gives him like a bird's eye view of creation that he elaborates upon and kind of and and it kind of alludes to the end times when god's kingdom is established on earth and then book two is called the book of similitudes um or the book of parables and and it's it's all about um the son of man this this the uh mm -hmm. the messianic figure that is pictured in daniel 7 um and it's kind of it's uh, i recommend every christian reading this i recommend everybody reading it but like if you it, and this is gonna we're gonna talk about this more when we talk about why it's not canonical yet it's still important when you read the gospels, when Jesus talks about the son of man, like we, we, we often, we read this with the omniscience of hindsight, because we know that, you know, he's called, he's Jesus Christ, i.e. Jesus, the Messiah. So we know, we know he's that the son of man is him, but he wasn't, well, I should probably come, come, in, come at this from a different angle because it's going to be a little controversial. So I should kind of lay out the facts of the case first then explain the conclusion but you see jesus call it like referring to this figure uh, uh, called the son of man like throughout the synoptic gospels and through in john's gospel yet you you also have these episodes where somebody realizes he's the messiah like he he's drives up demons the demons and, call them by name yeah right and then he silences them because he doesn't want anyone to know he's the messiah um john the baptist sends a disciple john the baptist is in prison he sends a disciple to jesus to ask him are you the one or should we expect another and he tells him he doesn't just say yeah i'm the messiah he tells him uh report back to john what you see in here the dead receive the blind receive sight the lame walk the dead are raised good news is preached to the poor um so all the clues are there that he is the messiah but he won't just say 
openly, I'm the Messiah. He wants, he's kind of laying up breadcrumbs. He wants people to realize it. And there are other places like when, it, it, when he's meets with his disciples at Caesarea Philippi and they ask him, uh, and he asks them, who do you say that I am? Who do people say that I am? Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for this is not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And then it says he strictly warned them not to tell anyone that he is the Messiah. So he's keeping this a secret up until the last week when he enters Jerusalem on riding on a donkey. And they lay out palms before him, singing Hosanna, which is a, you know, a, you know, a, it's, it, it has specific uh, meaning. Um, that's him announcing himself as the Messiah. Up until then, this was a secret. Um, this was in fulfillment of Zechariah 9, which says, uh, uh, look, Zion, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, um, which is a clear, a clear cut messianic prophecy that he is enacting. He couldn't, he couldn't be more explicit about claiming to be the Messiah if he had just outright declared, I am the Messiah, like riding into Jerusalem on that donkey while they laid out the palm branches. That was a pretty explicit declaration. Up until then, it was a secret. So all those times he's talking about this, this figure called the Son of Man, he's not saying, he's not, he's not talking about himself in the third person as far as his listeners are concerned. We know in hindsight that he was because he, because it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus, the Messiah. Um, but this, but the point of all that is that this idea, this figure of the son of man and what his role is, that that's, that's a messianic title that was already well established in Jewish culture before Jesus was born. Um, he wasn't introducing this. He was referencing something that was already kind of in the, you know, in their thinking, in the background, in, in their culture. Um, you find that in the book of Enoch, in book two, and the book in the book of the parables. And it's all about the Son of Man and what he's going to do. And Jesus's parable of the sheep and the goats, it has a lot of parallels to this. Um, it's when the Son of Man judges between the judges the kings and governors and rulers and officials of the earth and he and the you know the the meek inherit the earth you get all that from the book of the parables um, I, I i would go so far as to say that the son of man as a phrase jesus uses it more by a long shot than it's mentioned in the bible up until jesus starts to use that phrase without the book of parables but when you add in the book of parables it's used to, i mean it's all over the place in there in relation to this messianic uh right. prophecy. yeah i think i think it said 24 times 19 times something some of that nature yeah a lot well, this, and, and a really short book too right, like it's like right. boom 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 i want to i want i'm gonna like 60 percent disagree with you but 40 percent strongly agree with you um you, okay. You do find the phrase son of man in the Bible quite a bit. Um, but it, like in Ezekiel, like when, when, when Ezekiel has his visions, um, he's, he's called by God or by the angel that's giving this leading him. He, he's called son of man a lot. Son of man 
the the denotative definition it just means a human being just a right. son of adam right. um that's 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 the strict definary excuse me dictionary definition of the term it just means a guy a, a fella a bloke um a bloke. And that's how a bloke and that's how that's, the, the new Australian translation. I, uh, um, so when Ezekiel is called son of man, that's just all it means. You're just, he's just a dude that, that like a mortal being as opposed to right. an angelic figure. Like we, and you have like when these, when these divine beings appear to mortals, they're called, they're described as met as a man often, right. but that's descriptive. It's not right. like a, no, I'm with you. Yeah. And so, when, so when these beings are are speaking to humans and they call them son of man, it just means it's it's an emphasis that they're mortal, right? That they're not sons of God; they're son of right. they're sons of man. Yeah, right. But when you get to Daniel chapter seven, right, and this is where it, where it it gets it it gains its connotative meaning. Um, you ha he has this vision of the four beasts which represent four empires. It's the, the, the lion with the wings that's given a heart of a man that represents Babylon, which was their actual like mascot or seal. You can find, you can go to the ruins of Babylon now and you, and you can find these inscriptions of a lion with wings that represented Babylon. The second beast was a bear raised up and it's raised up at its side with three ribs in its mouth. This represented the meadow Persian empire that, that, that overtook the Babylonians, followed by a leopard with four heads, also with wings. That represents the the Macedonian or Greek Empire, led by Alexander the Great. It's got four heads because when he died, his his empire was divided between four generals. Following that was this great and terrifying beast. That it's not described in terms of any actual animal. It's just described as this great beast with iron claws and. and 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 fangs and devours anything before it this is understood if if we're reading this as prophecy this is understood to be the roman empire and it speaks these proud blasphemies against god and it's thrown down um and its body is burned and and it's destroyed while the other three beasts are allowed to remain and then daniel said and then court uh Thrones were seated and and books were opened and the judgment judgments were made and this is one of those those uh, key points in the Bible where you see the divine council that is often that we often talk about the divine council worldview here here it's in clear focus uh, in Daniel seven and then he says in my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming on the clouds of heaven he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. And he was given uh, his kingdom as an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is one that will never pass away. And then says Daniel was troubled, and he asked the 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 he asked the, the 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 divine messenger near him what all of this meant. And he explains, well, these are four kingdoms that will arise, and then the and then the kingdom will be given to the holy ones, to the to the the, the servants of the most high. Um, so this is clearly like these four empires will rise and fall, followed by the messianic era, led by this son of man figure. And it's in that in that context, it just meant one like it, it's a human being as opposed to the beasts. And he is, but he's he's clearly a divine figure when it says 
coming on the clouds of heaven at the time this was this was a description of divinity mortals didn't ride on the clouds of heaven this was in ancient near eastern literature this is this is a description of baal and other deities and then it's used in the bible as a polemic to say no not baal but yahweh is the one who rides upon the heavens who who is the 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 rider on the clouds applying this to the son of man figure is a clear indication of divinity and is that that wasn't explicit enough he's actually he's outright worshiped by the nations and given and given authority in the side of in the side of the divine council so this was like this was a like a slam dunk 100% clear description of the messiah and so that's that's where the the phrase son of man took on that that connotation and so when you read about when you read in the book of enoch about the book of the parables this son of man figure who is in the presence of the head of the the head of days or in the the translation i've read the the antecedent of time i.e god that's it's a reference to that and so you, you know what I, I i find interesting is uh especially lately there's been all these studies that talk about hey the difference between the Jesus of history and the Jesus in the Bible, and 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 the the Jesus of history and the Christ of faith, right? And and it's normally like, well, I mean, this guy, and then later on, we we put this divinity on him. Later on, you know, you know, zealots for the Christ movement wrote these things, and they made they basically made it up, you know, as as they're going along, except. That we have books in the intertestament, intertestament period, like like Enoch, yeah, that speaks explicitly about this stuff. So it so this was written three hundred years before Jesus even came about, and so it's so it's not well, ish. Uh, so to say that New Testament writers just just pulled this stuff out of thin air and made it up, it, it is it is where the culture was going at at that time i mean enoch has all kinds of fantastical stuff it's got hell it's got demons it's got angels it's got portals it's portals yeah. you know portals to heaven it's got the son of man riding on clouds it's got it's got all all this stuff that lots of scholars and historians want to want to just attribute to new testament guys just slamming on top of jesus in you know the fourth century to, to say that you know we're now Christians, but this yeah. was prophesied by Daniel, and then picked up with in, in a in a spot where there weren't any prophets, right? So it's kind of like us now trying to trying to make you know what do we make of the stuff that's in the New Testament? You know, people like us doing this podcast and and people that that write blogs like the Third Helix and people. Thanks that for are, the plug that are not necessarily prophets of God, but we're trying to, but, but we're, we're, what we're saying we think is relevant to the conversation. And I think that Enoch, and maybe this is jumping the gun on, on whether it's canonical or it, yet important, but this is an intertestamental period where all of this stuff was explored before, you know, you know, Rome and the Council of Nicaea and all these people that just put all this, this this emphasis on on making up jesus um 
I mean, yeah, even, that's a I, that's an excellent point. Yeah. So you know, that's that's kind of what what struck me as I as I read it again. Uh, wow, these these guys were were talking about the same things, same type mm-hmm. of things that we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, they they know a Messiah figure is coming. They they're not sure who it is, but but they know this, that that is happening. And then and then to see it fulfilled, you know, hundreds of years later is got to be kind of cool if you're, you know, if if you if you wrote that, you can kind of pat yourself on the back. Ah <laughs> ha! You, you did it! Congratulations. Yeah, and I I think that speaks to why it's why it's important is because it it does tell us where their thinking was. Um, I talked for a long time, and I so so yeah. Sing. So when so when Jesus comes on a donkey, it just you know, a few generations before they were talking about that stuff. Yeah. Like that was, a, they would have, they would have recognized it mm-hmm. when he came, which is why all the people, all of the, you, you know, of the temple, they're pissed. Like who, because they recognized it too. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they knew it for what it was from an, from they, an imagery and a symbol. They knew what man was trying to say. Right. Yeah. It was a, it was a slap in the face to them. Yep. Unless um, they wanted to believe that it's not really slap in the face, is it? Well, yeah, and, and you know, and we we do read that certain members of the the Jewish ruling class were, you know, they Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, um, at the very least, were recognized who he was. But um, Matt, did you want to say something? You look like you were. No, I, I, I mean, you, you, you. I think you made my point in a kind of circuitous way about what I was saying earlier was simply the phrasing the phraseology of the son of man uh is disproportionate in the bible new testament versus old testament right because all the things you mentioned yeah and from a count even the total count in the old testament's like four or five but only two of those are in a in a messianic prophecy manner the others are just simply the point that you made you know the generic son of man what's um, the second one it's 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 twice in Daniel. It's in Daniel seven and then Daniel ten. I think was what I was looking at from uh I was looking at Bible Gateway. I think I in having, ten I was I, having it tagged. Yeah, and I, I don't know okay. if it tagged. And that's it on top of Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah. I think I think in ten I think he's talking to Daniel. Um, that might be what it is. So it was might it might it might just be the thing in Ezekiel. But yeah. the point is is um. This guy's count says uh, it occurs fifty-seven times. Otherwise, right? I in guess the New Testament, on, yeah. But okay. then back to the point of it occurs, you know, twenty times a, a in, boatload in, in, in six chapters in Enoch, <laughs> um, and that's that's actually really fascinating to me. That um, back to the point of whether it's canonical or not, understanding it helps the read of the yeah. Bible because you know. I don't remember when it was that I was made fully aware of the importance of, of that phrasing in Daniel, but it certainly was confusing to the, to the average reader that isn't doing hermeneutics as they read the Bible. Because very, you know, no one is, everybody's reading everybody, you know, all, all Christians go through these things. There's probably a bunch of listeners right now because it's January, right? You, you, you might've made a new year's resolution. I'm going to read the Bible this year. I'm going to spend more time in the word. Do it. First of all, that's great. But like, what does that mean? 
getting in the word. I hear that as a throwaway phrase a lot in, in Christian circles. Right. Um, and I know a lot of people that, you know, have these studies guides and they verse of the day and they do this and they do that. And I'm not suggesting what I do is better or worse. Um, but it's, it's, if you're not, in my opinion, if you're not actually learning something while you're reading the word, I, I, I struggle with, with how, how, how one gets something from it. Right. Like that's just kind of Matt's view on reading. I know a lot of people that read and they don't necessarily comprehend and that's not a knock on them. It's a knock on the Bible's hard to read. It's, it's, it's genuinely, uh, you have to spend a lot of, a lot of time understanding and reverse, um, connecting linkages and those kinds of things. There's a, a picture, a pictograph that I, I shared with you guys a while back. And it's basically a, a line like a timeline of all the books of the Bible with all the main verses and chapters. Yeah, and then it has, it has all these bloody lines arcing back and forth across it. And it's just trying to show you visually how interwoven the Bible is from a. Um... Yeah. And that, and that brings us back to why the book of Enoch is important. Right. Um, and I, like it. Uh, well, first off, I'm, I'm deciding whether uh, I think we need to address why it's not canonical and then we can discuss why it's, why it's still important though. Um, because it's, uh, would you agree? I don't, I don't want to hijack the conversation. Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. We can jump into that. Um, do you know why Justin Martyr thought it was canonical? Canonical? No, he's like one of the main church fathers that was like, Yeah, this is the book right here. But then he, you know, he died before he got to really explain, you know, give his input. Did he die or did he get killed? He's martyred, dang it. It's it's in his name. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but my point is, my point is, was he martyred by bad guys or good guys? Christians weren't Christians weren't martyring people (laughs) just not overtly. Not not yet. Well, we didn't have the political clout for it, and we like. Neither did Jews. Ask Jesus how that worked out for him. Well, Jews certainly did. I mean, they killed not him. not by Roman hands is my point. I feel like we're getting off track. Like I, I, have, a, <laughs> I have a lot that comes to mind to say to that, but I. Yeah. Um. So. So why is it not canonical? I actually we. I, Last week we were talking about uh, references to Enoch in the Bible, and I and I made the the incorrect remark that um, there's the one reference in Genesis five that that talks about how Enoch uh, um, walked with God and then was no more, and then everything else was just kind of a like a look like a, a recapitulation of that. I think it was Matt who pointed out in Ephesians 11, I'm not Ephesians, uh, Hebrews 11, uh, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life Mm. so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. That does kind of expand upon just that strictly what we find in Genesis 5. Um, But what's interesting is what what it leaves out. Because as we've discussed, the book of Enoch was pretty well known in in the New Testament in, in the in in the first century in the time mm-hmm. of Jesus during the Second Temple Jewish period. Um, and there's a lot in there. Like there's like Enoch has a lot of stuff going on. 
in the book of Enoch, like we've, we talked about how he interceded on behalf of the watchers. He was told no, but he got this tour of heaven and earth and Sheol. And, uh, and then he had this vision of the son of man book three. He has, he, he has these visions of the heavens of what the sun, moon, and stars are doing. It's kind of an argument for a solar calendar, which we can get into if you want, but I don't, I don't personally find it that it, that interesting, at least not yeah, for our cool. purposes. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's interesting from a perspective, like when it's an interesting insight into how important they thought the calendar was. And when I say important, how important they thought, I don't mean to, to diminish it, but like that was a major, like that was a theological issue. Um, right. It, it was a theological <clears throat> issue. I mean, there's a, there's a, yeah. I mean, when we start talking about the, the less than a thousand years, the 120 years, the 70 generations, yeah. I mean, all, all that stuff has to, has to line up, you know, and when we start talking about, that's how the, the wise men knew, right. Because of, because right. of a calendar and a spot right. in the sky where the star was. It, yeah. And we should, we should at some point discuss that, but I just, my but point you, is, but but you were saying that he, it's more important what Hebrews left out than what they put in an Enoch. I'd like you to expand on that. Well, yeah, there's like so much happens to Enoch in the book of Enoch, when you, when you read Hebrews, when they talk about what happened to Enoch, it's pretty sparse. Like he, they don't mention Enoch who had all these visions and foretold the son of man, the son of man. And also in the book of the parables, it depends on how you, in, in Enoch, first Enoch 71, 14, there's a huge controversy among scholars. I don't, I'm not even sure how controversial it is, um, but it's it's often translated the as the uh, the angel who's talking to him says to Enoch that you are that son of man, right? And then he goes on to describe him as being elected by the head of days. So it basically, like some readings have it as identifying Enoch as the messiah as the son of man others have it as the the every version that i've read like like that i have in my library like like back there um that i cited last week has it saying referring to enoch as you son of man um sometimes they refer to him as son of man in the colloquial and like in the in the denotative sense like he's just saying like he's a guy well, especially then, if you're talking about a bunch of angels, because right. he'd be that right. guy. He's the only guy that shows up for some reason. We right. don't know but, how this. But, how, but you're that guy who's important is what it's it's saying. I think right. that's how that's like, how the Ethiopians. To, to, it doesn't to, say that he's the son of man. It says that he's ass. Son to, of well, to, to, so, to be to be current, he was him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what that means, but that's all right. The point I'm making Listeners is do. in 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 some in some translations they have it as the angel is identifying him as the son of man enoch mm -hmm. is the messiah according to this reading and, Others, and it wasn't until rh charles of oxford that that changed that and ever since then almost every single version that i find um is the is the third person version 
Right. And uh, and what's interesting is all the people that blow up Enoch. Like if you if you if you do a search on Enoch on YouTube, you have a bunch of people talking about it, a bunch of you know Bible people, and and many times they'll have a video talking about how wrong, how dead wrong R.H. Charles is. Right. And that's why you shouldn't even open Enoch. Don't read that shit. It's you know it's blasphemous. It's saying that he was the Messiah. So when, I have a question. Yeah. Or, or a pop, a posit, a theory, proposition, whatever. At that time, Enoch walked with God, right? Enoch uh, was Enoch was so favored by God that he was taken from death and didn't die, right? Yeah, that's what it says. What, what one could go as far as to say that he was highly favored and probably would be considered by those that knew to be. God's current chosen guy, right? All right. Isn't that the loose actual meaning of Messiah? Well, yeah, but the, but we're not talking about the loose meaning. We're talking how do we about, know? How do we know what? what they meant when they said it? Because we have like all the episodes in which the term Messiah is used. Like, mm -hmm. Messiah means stop, stop, stop. That's not what I mean. I mean, okay. in the book of Enoch, if he was being called Messiah loosely. Well, he was never by, called Messiah. I, I know he was being called the son of God, the son of man. I'm, I'm, right. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make a point by connecting things that mean things, right? <laughs> All right. If, if, if the son of man can be interpreted to mean the Messiah... The Messiah doesn't have to mean the Christ, is what I'm trying to say. Wow. Christ is the Messiah, but Messiah doesn't have to be Christ, right? Isn't I, I, I'm correct from a literary point of view, if I'm not mistaken. I that book that you that you put me onto the the Jewish Christ or whatever that's called the, talks about Jew, that in pretty extensive detail. Yeah. Uh, well, I. I I'm not trying to be scandalous, by the way, and I'm not trying to go off on yeah, some like there's more I'm, than one Christ. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. To be hyper clear, well, I, 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 I think I know what you're trying to say. I, I disagree with the, the, the way that you've worded it. Um, the the term Messiah it just means anointed. Anybody. Right. Anybody who served in any office whatsoever, right? Like like Aaron the high priest, David the king, Solomon, um, any priest and and at any level of authority was anointed, and so was a, in, in, according to the Hebrew Mashiach, mm -hmm. which is where we get the word Messiah. So, mm -hmm. and there's a there's a there's some of the Psalms mention Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and joseph and the patriarchs and uh the the children of israel going into egypt were were and god says do not harm my anointed ones right which is another right. way of saying do not harm my messiahs right that, and so that's there, that's that's what i'm getting right. at is so is, is that there is that general sense that mm -hmm. that means that i that's i don't think that like that's not i, I think that's probably bomb. okay when you read First Enoch seventy one fourteen, it, it breaks down in one, there are there are three different ways that it's translated. I I, I think, but even before, so in in seventy one eleven, 
it uh i fell on my face and my flesh melted away my spirit was transformed so i i think when i when i was mentioning the ideas that are in the new testament the idea of a pre-existent being is not new in the new testament i think that enoch totally agree totally agree. i think that i think that enoch points this out <clears throat> here but enoch is not a pre-existent being and i think he incarnates uh like the heavenly being divine idea so when when you when you get resurrected and you and you shed this old body it melts away and you get your new spiritual body it's like enoch was the first one of that and i think that's what they're saying when he is is the is the that son of man because he never died right so he didn't have to get resurrected but he well, did receive a spiritual body according that, to the book of enoch but that's different than how they're defined how the, how the 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 book of parables defines the son of man they're defining the son of man as the messiah the one who will rule on earth that christians believe jesus is jesus is a different individual than enoch and what i what i was saying before is that the, there are three ways that that seven, that enoch 7114 is is typically treated one um is it identifies Enoch outright as the Messiah, as the son of man. And that's why a lot of people reject it as heretical and not canonical. Um, another, another reading is that um, it says that um, the, the angel refers to Enoch as a son of man, just like you're immortal, and then goes on to talk about the son of man as a separate category. Right. And, the and other it, one is not even referring to Enoch as a son of man at all, but just, hey, Enoch, that son of man is about this. Um, but so basically one of them identifies Enoch as the son of man. The other is the son of man as somebody totally separate from Enoch. Um, so kind of like... An, uh, a, a, so here's another, and I'm 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 just trying to like wrap my mind around the language, right? Yeah. I just, so, let me let me wrap up one quick just, point. I'll say this real fast. This the difference the difference be between Elohim versus Bini Elohim. That was faster than anything you could have said. So go ahead. No. Okay. Um, my I only point. That's faster. What? Go ahead. I, I didn't hear what you said, but that's okay. Gonna, the listeners will hear. Okay. <laughs> They'll play it in slow mo. Um, yeah. But um, my point is that in when he's referencing in Hebrews, they only mention the the you know they only mention the information that we get from Genesis five. They don't give mm -hmm. any information that we would get from First Enoch. Right. So they're not they're not including that in their description of Enoch, which means they don't they're not it's, which would suggest that they don't consider that to be canonical. Like that's or they just or they just they weren't you they weren't applying the interpretation the heretical interpretation well and, and I, sorry I, I should have I, that's independent of how you read seventy one fourteen. like i'm talking about all the other stuff but, but when you take Enoch, 70 71 16 I, I, how do you how do you fit that so basically it's in, in my reading of this it's just saying that enoch was exalted right, right. because then it says it, in all in the 16 it says and all will walk on your path 
since righteousness will never forsake you. And with you will be their dwelling with you, their lot, and from you, they will not be separated forever and ever. So he's like the he's like the first dude. We're walking his in his in the path of his righteousness. And as long as we do that, then we'll be able to join the Messiah. That seems like they're talking about the way that you're joined to the Messiah is how you maybe so, and maybe that's the problem well, with with Hebrews. But so, but you, when you when you when you interpret that, you have. To, I, I feel like you can't. And again, I, I realize all everything that we're doing is a little bit of we're having to suspend reality or like this is all like a theoretical analysis, right? Because we have to work through this with is it or isn't inspired real canonical etc and so and through a translation a, of a translation of a translation and is it a good translation or as okay. good as what we're doing with the bible but when you going back to the biblical text that says enoch was so favored that he didn't die enoch clearly the actual something. the actual enoch was better than everybody else except jesus and Elijah. maybe Moses and Elijah, right? Like, like this dude is, he is that guy. And to say, because he was, he pre-existed Christ, right? Christ well, had, he pre-existed the living Jesus. He pre-existed Jesus. The incarnate Christ. Sure. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Okay. We're with yeah. you. Uh, fair. You, you heretic. <laughs> since, I just got finished saying since Enoch, since Enoch lived in BC, <laughs> there was no better version of righteousness to date than Enoch, presumably. Okay. So to say be like him isn't heretical or blasphemous because there wasn't a better version or a better yeah, example but, than to like, be the dude that God liked so much yeah, he didn't and, let and, him die. And I don't think that's the part anybody has a problem with. Um, I, it's, I, it's it's the is Enoch, and I'm not even I'm not even. Like I think the, it touches on our Western sensibilities, and that's why the Ethiopians have no problem with this. Would you explain that? Because we we have like this 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 thought where where we we can't separate that. Like I think the Ethiopians are like, yeah, that's Enoch was a was a badass, so. Why, why not walk in righteousness uh, with him? I think the whole son of man line, eh, maybe maybe it's a flawed line. Why can't you have flawed lines in inspired writing? Well, so is that an argument for why it should be canonical? I at this point, I don't I don't care if it's it, canonical. It, it's almost I, like I, I almost feel like I'm more arguing about. I'm arguing against why it isn't canon than I am yeah. arguing for why it should be. Why it should be, yeah. Does that make sense? It, yeah. Um, but I also like I think John three, if if we if we read John three with the understanding that the book of Enoch was pretty well known mm -hmm. at, at the time that they're speaking, I think it I think it frames it pretty well. Um, but I, I just wanted to kind Can of Can you explain up. that without without reading John three? Uh, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, like, do we have to read the entire, the entire chapter? thing now? But I, I just brought it up so I can reference it. But I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But or, uh, or why can't something just supersede 
that's that's that the point that i'm making right what, like, do, what do you mean by that in other words so we've gotten we got an updated word so at the, i think matt was saying that at the time enoch's the baddest dude to ever walk right so why in not a, in a michael jackson bad kind of sense yes right he, or he, as he, run dmc would say not bad meaning bad but bad meaning good yeah, he, he's, he's a bad dude yeah. Yeah, Mike, Michael Not like Corn guy. Pop was a bad dude, but more Not like, nothing like Corn Pop. Right. No. <laughs> but uh, Corn Pop was a bad dude. This is the opposite and, of Corn Pop. And then, but, you know, and then John got, was like, well, you, got cor- I don't... you got Corn Pop, and then you got Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think <laughs> the look on Matt's face. <laughs> <laughs> you see, for the for the listeners at home. And Dre then you got I, Prince in the way that he just. Dre just and I have always bonded over Michael Jackson, I'm, and I'm Team Prince. While, I, like I, Dre and I Matt, I don't have know bond- why you can't be both. I, that's a problem. I always you got to pick. You got to pick a side. You don't I, have to pick a side. Dre and Matt have bonded over sports ball and wrestling, <laughs> so, whereas I felt excluded. But Dre and I have bonded over Michael Jackson. The difference Michael, is Matt understands Matt is, Michael Jackson. He just doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't agree. He's with not it. my guy. He's he, he's not, he's my, not his guy. My, my, Michael Jackson's Michael Jackson's Enoch Prince is Jesus. Right. Or I mean, yeah, this is this guy. This is went. No I, that was the most <laughs> blasphemous thing I think ever. This I've is, ever this heard went about in a terrible. direction I didn't want to. Especially, especially <laughs> since Prince was a Jehovah's Witness, and so was Michael Jackson. By the way, they were both Jehovah's oh. Witnesses. Yeah. Look it up. Fun fact. Fun, Fun fact. T- today yeah, I learned. learned. You learn all kinds of stuff at Mount Hermeneutics. <laughs> That's right. So, but uh, but so I, I just think that there's, I mean, the law was superseded, right? No, it was completed. Well, I was sure, but there was an update, right? Yeah, there was an update. Yeah, the new covenant, so, so to speak. We, we yeah. walk well, in the path. You, at, at the time at 300 okay. BC, you walk in the path of righteousness of Enoch, and then Jesus comes along and is like, "Hey, we don't need that anymore." Well, because nobody well, could do it. It was more actually, important. Okay. Point. I gotta I gotta stop you guys back up here. Um the the entire point of Christianity is that like as Paul explains in Romans and Galatians and everywhere else, is that the salvation by grace through faith is more fundamental than the law. That's and that goes back okay. to so it, it's not there's there's never been a different way. You mean that. you mean Jesus is more fundamental than Enoch? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but um, but the law was still the law, and it was yeah. still followed for six thousand years. But the or question, thousand. But the question is whether this particular literary work is inspired by God, and I would and I would emphatically argue no, it it, it was not. Um. And, I, and there are reasons for that. Um, what I think the best way to characterize it would be is uh, if you wanted to know about like the the the, the Greco-Roman gods, like as modern readers, we would we would go to the earliest sources we have, which are people like Hesiod and uh, Aeschylus and Homer, and uh, I should have started with Homer. He's kind of the the most important, but they, um, Aeschylus, Ovid, um, we don't think of them as divinely inspired. We don't think of them as authoritative in the sense that we talk about the Bible, right? Well, if 
if our subject is those gods, then yes, we do, which is why you named them. Well, but at the same time, like nobody, nobody who worshiped Zeus thought that Homer Zeus is a real thing. And Homer is the, the, is the divine uh, inspired by Zeus to write his story. Right. Yeah. Nobody, nobody believes that. that. Yeah. So okay. like, like everybody understood that the, like these guys are just sort of synthesizing like the collective understanding of, of who these beings were and their interactions with, with mortals. Um, it wasn't, they didn't think of it as an inspired work, um, but we can learn a lot about what people at the time believed about these, about these gods. I don't see how this, how this analogy works because they're not speaking about the one true God and sure. his dealings with fallen angels which right. are something that at least this podcast believes in yeah and that's that's kind and so the book of enoch was like i think it would be erroneous to think of it as god like gave the writer these visions and inspired him by the spirit in the same way that the torah or the prophets or the psalms were inspired rather this kind of synthesized what would like everything that you find in the book of enoch you can find in in earlier works um you can like this the stuff about the son of man that's that's from daniel you can't uh, this, find the names of the angels sure but this is that this, this, i mean but why do you, but why do you need that though that's that's my point is but the but the idea about the watchers descending on Mount Hermon and giving this forbidden knowledge, where well, you have direct parallels to that in in ancient Near Eastern mythology. There's there's a paper called On the Origin of the Watchers by a scholar named Amar Anus that explains about how the 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 Apkalus were the they were these divine sages who gave the Babylonians their advanced knowledge. Um when you when you read those, those are those are very those are drawn to Anunnaki as well. That's very yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly my point. Is like the Babylonians and other ancient Near Eastern people. But these same scholars will attribute El and Yahweh the same way. I don't know that that's necessary. I don't. I, I'm, they do. Maybe maybe Amaranus does that. I don't. I don't know that. That's I don't know true. if that guy does specifically, but people of of that ilk. But do exactly the, that. But but the point is they they point out how these are when you read about the Apkalus and the Anunnaki, um it 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 directly parallels what you read about in the book of Enoch, which expands upon Genesis Genesis 6, meaning like this is what the Babylonians saw as a good thing and to which they attributed their success as an empire, the Jews saw as a corrupting influence, um, which like you wouldn't take. So, so maybe they were true. I'm not denying that. Right. So maybe those those Babylonian stories is are real stories. And the, it took a book like Enoch to parallel them to, to be, right, to, on well, the to, good but, side but well, to, be, point, to be the tie that makes the linkage make sense basically but my, but my point is that the book of enoch is not the the source of this information to the people at the time it just synthesizes what was already in the culture the way that those those works by greco-roman authors about about the you know the gods of olympus 
synthesize what was in the culture. Like we have these categories of inspired versus non-inspired. Is that that called like what is that? Is it is that what a midrash is? Um, yeah, yeah, I or when you when you have I think it would a bunch of philosopher Jews ancient writing stuff about the Torah. Um. I think yeah, I think it would probably qualify. I I think yeah, I think Enoch the first Enoch would qualify as midrash, but okay. midrash is not scripture. Um, okay. Like the Talmud, like not even Jews today who base their beliefs predominantly on the Talmud don't consider. They if you ask them, they wouldn't say the Talmud is scripture. I would argue that it they have substituted the Talmud for scripture, but that's a whole different discussion. I, but uh, I, I didn't know what that word was. I just looked it up real fast. Midrash. I don't think this counts. This would qualify as midrash. Midrash seems to be writing that is a specific interpretation through exe- exegesis, right? So it's like sure. when somebody how, writes a book how, that explains a book, that's a midrash. Isn't yeah. isn't that what isn't that what first Enoch is? I mean, uh, it doesn't present yeah. itself that way. That's well, that's the point. The, okay. The, the difference Fair. is it presents itself Fair. as scripture. So it so it's pseudo. Well, right. but but the pseudo point is pigrypha, which right. is why it's in that category when you look it up. I think when so. it pre- when it presents itself that way, is it doing so with authority given by God? That's and, the question. Yeah, and 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 I I I I I just and, land on clearly I don't know, and I don't and I I can't I, I struggle with any stated rationale that then calls it says to itself you know clearly it's not in here's why you you said on the episode last couple of days ago our last episode which would be last week for the listeners um but like 48 hours ago yeah it's like three days ago for us yeah. we're we're catching back up from from the holidays um you 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 made a statement that i thought was fair you said at some point we have to trust the Old Testament canon to a bunch of really old Jews that knew better. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. That's essentially well, what you said. Well, just to to coax that out, what I said was, I just pointed out that First Enoch was not included in the Septuagint, and it's not included in the Jewish Tanakh. Right, like the the Jewish canon. Right, they they none of them considered it scripture at the time. And well, and even no, the Essenes used so, it as a so appendix. so. Hang on, so the, the, there was there was we had a, a broader conversation where we we and I don't want to rehash all of it. We talked about you know we're we're collectively the three of us are clear on the the bar for being considered scripture for the New Testament, right? It's it, sure, and I think you succinctly said if it was written by a, an apostle, it could be canon. If it wasn't it written can't. or sponsored. Right. And, and that's fine. And that's, that's, that's a very simple, easy, uh, you know, one plus one equals two kind of thing. That kind of clear um, discernment doesn't seem to exist for the, for the old Testament, right? It's, it's one much older. And well, it was, it was, it was broader. And that specific criteria. No. Well, there is but... no criteria that fits like that. There's there's no calculus that can be applied to a book, and then that answer is that makes it in the Bible or not in the Bible. Well, I think if the if it's excluded from the Tanakh and the Septuagint, I I, I think I think you have a pretty high burden to meet to to sure, explain why sure, it should but, be canonical. But, but and and that's fair. 
And I'm not, right. and, and again, that's why I said a second ago, my, I'm, I'm currently in a position that I'm more interested in addressing the reasons why it's not versus why it should be. Because, because I mean, we could take any book and say, this should be in the Bible. And then we've got to sit and go through some kind of massive ordeal to discern whether it should or shouldn't be, right? And the answer is always going to be, it's not. Like, I can't, I can't imagine, and open this up as a question, Brian, Dre, can you even entertain a scenario in which we would add a book to the Old Testament today? The answer we, is no, right? Like, well, you'd have to have well, a... Well, I think you have to find an old manuscript in some place and find a bunch of people who read it, kind of like Enoch was was found, you know, in, in 1765 and they realize, whoa, people used to read this. As a matter of fact, look how many times it's quoted. Whoa, these are actually characters. We, this is actually a story that has been oral tradition. Whoa, there's watchers, there's fallen angels, there's, there's if we were, If we were Jews, this would be a different conversation. But if we're talking about from a Christian perspective, I think it's a slam dunk no. That's that's kind of the point Which, that I'm right, making. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly the point that I'm making. Is it's a simple and, no, and it's right. it's it's to me it's not even a conversation point, right? Because all the things that Dre just said, and then when you do all that, then you're going to go to the Jews and go, "Hey, whoever the most important old scholarly you know rabbis are, I found this old book, and they're going to go get out of here. Like, who well, are we, you? Go well, away. We have done that. We had done that with New Testament. So there's. With There's old a non-economic old. No, I'm, I'm talking about, about Old Testament. Testament. Like, no, I'm talking. You... My 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 discussion point was Old Testament. Hey okay. guys, yeah. I have to pee really bad. Okay, <laughs> okay. pause. I kind of. <laughs> I kind of. All right. So we were. What were we talking about? So we can get a running start here. Um. Oh well, I was going to talk about John three. For why it's not canonical you were i was but i do want to go back to why it's important like that's that is something we need to cover that i think is like world changing that it's that it's important that it exists or important that it's canonical or not important that it exists it's important that we that we have it to reference right. that informs our understanding of the new so testament he, here's, and the bible here's Here's but, my instinct and my take on the book itself. Okay. Um, I, I think that there is an oral tradition about Enoch, and I think a lot of the stuff that are in the book is part of that oral tradition. I think by the time that it was compiled, that there was disagreements or arguments on what should be added or not, or the way it's told from those oral traditions. And since there wasn't a way to confirm that those are the things that should be in Enoch and and whoever wrote it, for lack of a better term, published it anyway, that it wasn't fully endorsed, but understood as culturally sound. Does that make sense? I'm not sure. It does to me. Well, like publishing and, I mean, at, at the time... That was that's, that was really dependent on on kind of. That's not what I meant. What I he what, meant what compiling. I'm I'm just compiled and, and then distributed and people just read it for what it was. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Though. Yeah, okay. That's really dependent on 
popular acceptance because you got to hand copy that stuff and it's driven so think, by interest if you're if people aren't interested in it they ain't going to copy it and distribute how many, it how many movies have been made about i don't know snow white a few right or or you, you know but we say that like this one's canon right due to or well, just pick pick not, a story pick a story really, not well, really though but but yes so like what, basically but what what do you talk about snow white being canon what do you mean i i mean that it's the accepted version by uh, all the people yeah but the but the but when you say accepted version you don't mean this was given to us by God, that's, that's not, not what canon about. means. That's, that's, that's not, not what, what canon means. That's not what canon, I'm talking about right now. That is I'm what talking about. Means. No, it isn't. There was no. There was, no, no hang, Dre, hang on, hang on, hang on. That is absolutely not what canon means. If you're talking about Star Wars and whether or not Luke had a kid, that's a canonical conversation that links back to the actually accepted canon of Star Wars, and not a single freaking thing about Star Wars is is divinely inspired. But we're but when we're talking about scripture the word the, the, the definition of canon doesn't change because we're talking about scripture though okay, it does no canon can, can, canonicity can, can canon means a me, is a measuring standard canon whether or not something's canon for the bible is determined on whether or not it's divinely inspired yes right but the word canon doesn't mean divinely inspired. But my my right. point was is they That's... they couldn't they couldn't agree if if the if the people that compiled that, that it was inspired because there was so much disagreement. I don't. That's that's my point. I th but, I think they, it's such an they, old oral tradition that they had disagreements and they say what well, I they think did I agree. They did. They did agree though. I I don't. Okay. Fine. Did, let, me, let me ask Fine. this question. Here's a question. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong? Here, here's a so. question. Here's a question. Well, hold on. Uh, well, this is important. We got to address this. Okay. When you like, when you're like, when I say they they agreed that it was. I think it, what if you... they, I think that if they agreed, they would have believed that it was canon. If they agreed, they would have. If they agreed that it was canon, they agree that it wasn't canon, which is why it's not in the Septuagint and not in the Tanakh, and it never has been. Is it possible that there were things? that were divinely inspired that were not put in the Bible. No. I disagree with that. I well, disagree with that too. Is is Jesus a good authority on this? Huh? Is Jesus himself a good authority on this question? I have no idea how to interpret Are that. there things in your life right now that are divinely inspired? I don't know how you're defining that, but I but I know that. Tell me if you think that you anything any step that you've taken in your life is it divinely inspired? Because I, nothing I, you wrote is in the Bible. I would absolutely agree with that. That nothing I wrote is in the Bible. But anything you write was divinely inspired. And anything, any sentence. If you're defining something i write as it should be in the bible nope that's not nope. what i'm saying you're misunderstanding what, what, we're, what we're both saying because dre and i are on the same tact here so what what i what i'm what i was suggesting is that there were things that people have written in the whatever that word was that dre used interstitial what what did you what did you phrase inter, 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 okay so inter in that period between the testaments 
in that period, I'm 100% positive that people had divinely inspired thoughts. They wrote them down. And yet those things didn't make its way into the Bible. Why do you think that? Because people today have divinely inspired thoughts that they write down. Why do you think that? Because I believe that the Holy Spirit exists inside of those that are saved and are doing things on behalf of the kingdom of God, which is literally the definition of divinely inspired. I don't think that's the definition. It's not? If God is speaking to people and saying, hey, I got something for you. I I have a message that I, I didn't say prophetic. I didn't say prophetic. That's God breathed. And there's a difference between God breathed and divinely inspired. There's in my in my in my understanding of of divinely of divine inspiration, there's a difference. There is literally no difference because that's what divine inspiration means. Inspired, well, then everything in the Bible is not divinely inspired. Inspired means breathe. Divinely inspired literally means God breathed. Theopneustos is the Greek. That's what that means. So if it's not God breathed, definition. Divinely inspired is the English translation of of God breathed. So those are those are literally, and and when I say literally, I mean it correctly. In a way that I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not I don't mean it hyperbolically or that's that is verbatim what that means. Then everything in the Bible is not God breathed, okay, because there, there there's events mean? that happen even in the New Testament that don't include Jesus. So? so if if Matthew had an experience and Jesus wasn't around, but he felt it to be related to stuff, he included it in his book. That it just if, if, if only the things that Jesus did and said, then it would only be the things that are about Jesus in the New Testament. And there are absolutely parts of the New Testament that are about things around that because it's necessary for the story. Which means every word is not divinely inspired. I don't the, think the broader story is divinely inspired. So it's divinely inspired, but not divinely. Inspired. Not literally divinely inspired. What I'm trying to say, I, what I'm saying is, is that that definition, that bar of definition, is too precise and too specific. Then there would be no contradictions, right? There'd be zero contradictions, right? Well, if divinely inspired means. Pretty Absolutely. sure God doesn't contradict himself. Well, I think divinely inspired, you're, you're applying a, a standard there that's not intrinsic to the the definition. Um, God, God breathed is... Well, explain that. Why? Okay, why so was Paul a prophet... No, he was an okay. apostle. Right. And he writes letters to churches based off of his interpretation of something that Jesus told him, not something that God was whispering in his ear telling him to write. Well, when you say interpretation, you're you're creating a a, a separation. You're 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 basically you're you're inserting a bunch of fuzziness between what I'm not. Jesus actually taught. And what what Paul taught? I'm not inserting anything. Paul was handpicked by Jesus. If, sure. If if Paul has any legitimacy at all, he was handpicked by Jesus. Sure. So, 
if Paul is interpreting something, we can trust Paul's interpretation. But it's not divinely inspired it, by by your by your literal and correct Greek definition of divinely inspired. It's not God breathed. How do you? It's ins- it's because God breathed means God says I have something to tell you. Prepare to copy and you write it down. Which we, which last week we said that's not what's going on in the Bible. Right. Well. We're we're going off on a tangent, by the way, and I don't know how useful this is broadly, but this <laughs> I, is I agree. This is specific. Like we this was cre- this 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 logic problem was created through this conversation, right? So we got to this point naturally. Yeah. And honestly, and and none of us are trying to be like, this isn't a gotcha moment. But what I'm trying to say is uh, I'm trying to back up and remember how we got here. The the difference between a prophet an inspired writing, right? I asked a question, is it possible that there were things that were divinely inspired that didn't make it into the Bible? Right? That was the, the question. Well, that's the how question, we got here. The question was specifically about the Old Testament. Well, no, I I, I, okay. base, I backed out to ask a more simple question. I said, is it possible that things were written during the time of the, the interstitial testimonial, what, whatever that word well, is? Well, I, I would entertain that for the New Testament as a theoretical question, it's possible that there were things written but not included that, that maybe should be. I don't believe that's the case, but that that's an enter that's a that's a discussion I'd be willing to entertain. But as far as the Old Testament, I would say no, because as Christians, we believe Jesus is the Messiah, he's God's mouthpiece, he's God incarnate. Mm-hmm. If there were things that should have been in the Bible of his time that were not, I think that would have been a point he insisted upon. But as I've alluded to before, hang on, I would hang on, hang on. I need to clarify something you just said. Oh, okay. I didn't say, are there things that should have been in the Bible that aren't? That's not what I said. All right. Okay. I guess I'm I said, confused. I said, is it possible that there was writing that was divinely inspired that didn't make its way into the Bible. Maybe only 12 people need to be inspired. That is, that is a different question than to say, is something, was something left out that makes the Bible not correct or perfect? Well, or like, complete. I'm right. not sure no. I understand the difference between those questions. That's a massive difference. One, I, I one's, a, one, one's, one's, a, one's a philosophical question, and one is a, is, is, is a potential condemnation of the Bible. And I feel like you answered my philosophical question from a position of apologetic defensiveness versus versus just like, I mean, a whole bunch of shit happens in the world and there could be tons of things that were divinely inspired and God didn't find them necessary to make it to the Bible. That doesn't mean they weren't divinely inspired and didn't happen. Okay. You see, you see what I mean, I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I don't... I... Because right. this is not a gotcha thing. This isn't a aha. No, sure. The Bible's and, and, not real, and, or it needs Enoch, or any of that. I'm not saying I, the Bible yeah, needs Enoch. Okay. I I I kind of think like, I think our I think our I don't think we quite agree on this, but I also like there's enough. There's, a, I can appreciate enough of what you said there that I that it's something I can entertain. Like you've heard me talk about like in in our not podcast discussions i think i think 20th century comic books are are divinely inspired in a sense 
because they tell a story that people need to hear and they're right hell we just did a whole podcast on pulp fiction and right and well, I don't think Pulp Fiction is divinely inspired, but I don't, oh, I'm my only one. I'm, I'm not going to go. There. But no, but no, I can, I can, I can appreciate we, we your point. that out. I can appreciate your point, and yeah. I find it, I find it interesting to discuss. And, and that's find, all I'm. That's all I'm we saying. We can find some common ground, but I, sure. I, I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on that too much. Like I would quibble with things that you said there, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to accept that what's, for the purpose what's of this to discussion. With? I, I just I just find the whole well, thing okay. contemporary. Do you do but, you walk in, in righteousness? Do you do you get things sometimes? Do you get uh okay, premonitions? But, Are okay, there... but, but my point is like I don't I don't want like I can I can agree with a lot of what you're saying with what both of you are saying. Like I think we have a lot of common ground there more than would su- would be suggested by my by the contention here <laughs> i agree but, I, I, yeah i i think that but, hit it on the head you're but, you're coming out in a defensive but but, 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 but but i don't want to leave people with the under with with the i i don't want to i don't want to leave people with the idea that the book of enoch should be in the bible I'm should, not again. I'm not trying to rope a dope you there. We're we're not saying that. Yeah, we, I know. We, we, I know. We, we aren't but, saying that. But if so, if, people, if, if you if you think this is what we're saying, we are not. I'm emphatically saying. Thank we're you. We're not saying that. Yes. Thank you. Are but you okay could, now? But it could have been. <laughs> it, it was at some point. <laughs> we're so close. We're so close. And, no. Look, it's like no, no. I got to go. I think. I no. I think. I think we're kind of on the. I don't want to say we're on the same side here, but I think I think you and I are in, are in a boat together that we would be we happy are. to be in. Yeah, but sure. I don't I don't want to convey the wrong thing here and say that Enoch is a book that should be in the Bible but isn't. Um, but if but if it was, it wouldn't be a problem. Is what I'm trying to say. I I think it would be a problem. It would be a problem to you because you've you've set yourself that it's not inspired. And that's the reason you would have a problem with it. If, I think, let me let me ask you this: if 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 I could if I could sprinkle magic Jesus dust, not pixie dust, Jesus dust. I don't know what that is, but if I could just if Jesus, I could, I don't know. Just go with Jesus it. Jesus dust. It's a theoretical I, question. I don't. I don't We're, this is a, this is a what if scenario. I'm afraid to get trapped in something. It's not a go trap. Ahead. It's go not ahead. a trap. Go ahead. Go ahead. If if we just took uh, the book of the Watchers and the book of the parables. Okay, forget which, the rest forget the rest of the book of Enoch. Which is tricky, but okay. And there was a a strong probability that those first two books were divinely inspired. Just if. Giant I'm not, if. Giant I'm, if. But I'm but I'm with you. I'm going I'm I'm going with you here because I trust you. Then if those two books were in the Bible, would that be problematic to the rest of the Bible? Wait. You still think it would? 100 percent why john three all right let's get john three okay all right that was a good setup i couldn't have planned that better and we don't script this guys at home that happened organically but for the three listeners that are still here (laughs) we probably we probably got a dozen or two my mom's still (laughs) here so (laughs) our brothers are still here (laughs) <laughs> begrudgingly at this point yeah like, I all right <laughs> so john chapter three mm-hmm. nicodemus comes to jesus at night uh says to him rabbi we know you're a teacher who's come from god for no one could do the things you're doing unless god was with him mm-hmm. 
Jesus, we don't know what he, Nicodemus is going to ask, but we can like directly, he doesn't, we, he doesn't ask the question, but we can infer it from Jesus' answers. Mm-hmm. He says to him, because up until now, Nicodemus has not asked a question. He stated things. Jesus says to him, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom, the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicodemus is like, but what? Right. And he's like, how am I going to crawl back up in my mom and all that stuff? Yeah. 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 Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, so Jesus explains about that. Uh, I, I tell you the truth. No one can be, no one can, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Mm-hmm. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but with spirit gives birth to his spirit. Um, you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You can hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. And Nicodemus will have how can this be? You are Israel's teacher, and you don't understand these things, Jesus said. I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I te- no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. That is the son of man. Mm-hmm. And so um, just as just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted, lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have it, eternal life. I have spoken of earthly things and you have not believed. How then will you believe I speak of heavenly things? Um, so apparently Nicodemus was there to ask him about heavenly things on the presumption of someone having gone into heaven mm-hmm. to see them. Jesus is correcting that idea. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. That is the son of man. So no one's ever gone into heaven. So Nicodemus is coming there to ask about heavenly things. This is predicated on a, on a false premise. Um, if we read that with the understanding that the book of Enoch was well known, Jesus is explicitly refuting this idea that Enoch, and if we read the book of Enoch, it pictures Enoch going into heaven and seeing things, seeing seeing the secrets of the heaven mm-hmm. of heavens mm-hmm. given to him by the angels. Um, that didn't happen according to Jesus. Okay. I have two points and one's very fast. Let me, let me, let me finish this off. There's just more to it. Um, after he finishes his, his talk, his, his uh, discussion with Nicodemus about how uh, God so loved the world. He gave his only son. This is the verdict, like he's coming to the world, et cetera, et cetera. Then you get to John the Baptist, who reiterates a lot of the kind of similar points. That part I don't mess, I don't have entirely memorized, so I'm going to look at it. Uh, if you'll bear, bear with me. Um, so John's uh, over there. People ask him about ritual cleansing. Um, are you worried about? The, that Jesus baptizing more people than you. He says, uh, a person you receive only was given, given it from heaven, et cetera, et cetera. The one who comes from above is above all. And the one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies of what he has seen and, and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the spirit without limit. The Father loves His Son and has placed everything in His hands. 
whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the son will not see life for God's wrath remains on him. So there's this emphasis here on people from the earth speak as people from the earth of earthly things. People from heaven can talk about heaven. If, if we take that whole chapter in the context of the book of Enoch and with the understanding that this was something that they were reading and aware of and thinking about, which seems to be the case with Nicodemus when he comes to Jesus and asks them, and presumably to ask him about heavenly things. And he tells him, well, you're not, you're not in, in any position to, none of this applies to you because you're not, you haven't met the prerequisites. You right. Haven't been born yeah, again. I get it. Yeah. Um, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. That is the son of man. Enoch didn't come from heaven. He came from the earth. He's he's of the earth. He can speak of earthly things. Jesus, the son of man, came from heaven. He can speak of these things, but you're not in a position for that yet. And it, that seemed like if you if we take that, like even if we don't take that as directly referential to the book of Enoch, it still refutes the book of Enoch. It also uh, refutes Book of King, Second Kings. How so? Elijah. Well, but Elijah. In Genesis. There's there's no well, dude. The Second Kings two eleven is pretty freaking clear. Okay. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah okay. went yeah. up by, 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 by a whirlwind into heaven. Yeah, I see. What you're, I see what you're saying. There. Which so either we have a contra we have a contradiction right between John three and mm -hmm. the Old Testament, or this is only meant to apply in a in a specific set of circumstances. Or or Jesus was being, um, uh, like, look, bro, you're not him. He was he was exactly Jesus was being metaphorical as he was very known to do. Well, what do, what do you mean by that? What Dre just said. Okay, so he was basically saying, "Don't he?" He was saying, "How dare you?" Playoffs? Trying to talk about playoffs? Like, there's an old like sports clip about this where a coach was being asked to go make the playoffs, and he is like, "They hadn't won a game or whatever." That the, the right. specifics doesn't matter, right? But his point was, "You're so far off of where we're having problems right now," and that's what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus. He was like, "Dude, you can't even get the stuff that you've been taught here straight." And you want me to tell you about something that is so beyond you that it's like laughable? Okay. So, I, I so, so could, could Elijah and Enoch be a son of man? Not the son of man, but ah. Well, so, because so, he so says there's probably no one could go to heaven except for the son on. of man. So I, I've got I've got an easier way there, Trey. We can go, get there in a second. So I've got like I said, I had two responses to you. One is Second Kings. Right. There's a problem here that we either we have to unpackage something because one of these two things can't both be true. This is a Ayn Rand uh, conundrums don't exist. Right. If you think you have a conundrum, you need to reassess your your premises because one of them are incorrect. A contradiction, you mean? I'm pretty sure that her, her quote is conundrum, but fine. It's, it's contradiction. Hmm. Okay. I, I challenge you to go look that up because I've quoted you, it a handful of times. I'll bet you a billion dollars. Okay, a billion dollars. Show me yours, and I'll show you mine. All right, I'll bet you my World War II artifact right there. <laughs> my authentic artifact from World War II, used by right. America's favorite soldier. Okay, 
but my second, my second reason that I don't see this as being a problem, I, I don't have a problem. Actually, this I have a problem with because we got we got to unpackage that. Wait, but I have. When you say this, you have a problem with. What do you mean? The difference between you you taking a hard line on John three and me referencing Second Kings. There's something there that has to give. Sure, sure. Okay, well, so put a put a pin in that one. That's that's defense one. Okay. Defense. I'm not saying sure, sure. Like I agree with you. I know argument. what you're saying. You're agreeing to unpackage it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, that's why I brought it up. My second, my second defense is if you read the first sentence of the book of parables in Enoch. Okay. Should I do that now? I don't. I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm, I'll pull it up. I've got it because I was just. I was. I was perusing earlier. I'm already halfway there. So. so the first sentence of of the of the book of parables is the second vision which he saw, the vision of wisdom. All right. Okay, that's how it starts. I don't care how it ends. The entire conversation of Enoch going to heaven was likely a vision, not a literal action. All right. Like, I don't understand why all of these things that he dealt with with regards to the angels couldn't have yeah, been that, visions that, and dreams. That's that's a good point from that verse. Because it never says vision in the first book. But by that second, right. by, by the book of parables, starting with the second vision, and this is the second chunk of this entire story, my exegesis tells me that that means the entire first book was possibly a vision or at least part of it. Okay. His whole yeah, tour I, through the I, portals and tour yeah. to heavens, I, yeah, to yeah, the I, east I'm gonna, to the west. I'm going to agree with you that, like in the Bible, you do have prophets like Ezekiel, Isaiah, uh, John, First Kings twenty-two. Well, John came after Jesus said that, so it, it's oh, okay. It could, an argument could be made that that wouldn't apply. I I don't think a very good argument, but that's I, I don't want to get to snag down on that but my point is yeah I, I i agree with you that if we're talking about a vision in which he saw this mm -hmm. he was on earth but the the information came to him supernaturally by the spirit yeah right. i i would agree that this would, right it yeah. wouldn't disqualify right. it so this one then that that th that concept or that read takes your problem off the table altogether well we still got to go address second kings well, though but um, well, and that's kind of my reason for for even bringing this up is Second Kings. Elijah is taken into heaven, as Enoch is taken into heaven. So, Supposedly, we don't know where Enoch went. We just well, know he didn't die. Okay, but uh, but my point is big deal. Like, and and I think those are good points to make. But to clarify, um, if we read the Book of Enoch and we take that alongside Genesis five where it talks about how he was he so the whole premise of who Enoch is and and the book of Enoch is it, it's predicated on Enoch was taken up into heaven and he had these visions he was physically taken up according to Genesis 5 and of course mm, in, Genesis 5 doesn't say that well that's not at all he could have his visions before he was taken up mm -hmm. okay yeah, I, I agree, and, and that's that's what First Enoch reports is that the, most of these visions were before, and then at the end of the of the book yeah. of Enoch, then he was taken up. Right. But the the point of Nicodemus's question and the point of the tradition around Enoch is that he had these visions, 
from having been taken up. That was that was kind of what was behind. Right, that's 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 a read. He was asking Jesus to confirm the visions. What's that, Dre? He was asking Jesus to confirm Enoch's visions. Uh I I think something like that. Or hey, you're a you're a teacher who came from God too. Can you can you speak to this? Can you confirm these visions? Right. And so when Jesus said, "No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven," that is the Son of Man. He's pushing back against something, right? Would you agree with that? I, I think he's pushing back on just the question. Like you're not even. Worried yeah, to I, ask I, this. I I think Have that's a, nice a read. I mean, uh, what we know is he the 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 Nicodemus basically pinned him and said, "No one could perform these signs if you weren't with him." Are you with God? He, he no. I mean, you, you could take that at face value because it's quoted, right? That it was right. just a direct question that Nicodemus no, said, how are no you doing the this? signs you're doing unless God was with him? So the point, the point is God is with you. Right. 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 Okay. Yeah. And so apparently what was behind, like the, he was leading to a question based on that observation since god is with you therefore dot 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 then jesus answers mm -hmm. no one can see the kingdom of god unless he's born again but that's the same type of inference when we had the discussion last week about matthew 22 i'm like he's yeah. talking about angels and they're not supposed to have wives so he must be referencing enoch because it doesn't say anywhere in in the old testament therefore enoch is scripture Wait, hold on. No, what? Are you saying that the Sadducees were saying that Enoch is scripture? No, I'm saying that Jesus said it was scripture. Because he told the Sadducees, you don't know your scripture. Don't you know that angels don't have wives? And you will be like the angels. Even though he was talking about resurrection. And since there's yeah. nowhere, there's nowhere that references angels taking wives well, other than Enoch. Yeah, but he was saying the opposite of that. Exactly. He was, he was saying angels cannot have wives. Right, but Dre's point is why where else would he have been deriving this uh, this illusion other than the book of Enoch? Because okay, it's yeah. nowhere else in the Bible. But most people that you talk to about the book of Enoch, like every time I bring this up to like evangelicals, um about like Mike when I bring up Michael Heiser specifically, they reference that passage to say, look, Jesus was pretty clear that angels they don't reproduce. That's not, so, but he doesn't say that though. Okay. So in, in so what I'm saying oh, is that's a read. He says that angels what you're don't about marry and, and are not is given in marriage. Which, They're not given which, in marriage, correct. Yep. Right. Yep. And and I and I would agree with you that they're they're misreading that, but the but my point is that the the face value if we if we take the the basic assumptions we bring to that is that the argument and and I it's so weird that I'm taking this side of the argument because I'm usually on the other side. Um, the usual reading of that is that according to this passage, the book of Enoch cannot be true. Because it tells of angels taking wives, and Jesus says angels don't are not 
they don't get married according to this. Yeah, um, but but that's not how which I is why it. they went into an abyss. Right. It so they so, transgress so hardcore that so, they're in an abyss. Is Lucifer an abyss? What what it's Jesus was was restating. This is this is uh, just give me one minute, and this is an easy interpretation from my from yeah. my from my view. Jesus was saying, in God's perfect plan, angels do not take wives. Haven't okay. you read the scriptures? Don't you know what happens when they do? They don't have wives. Yeah, I agree with that. Right, that's what Jesus is saying. But the but the trick is, if you agree with that. What Jesus is saying is, don't you read the scriptures? That's the important part that Dre latched onto last week that we didn't yeah, ever but, fully resolve. But the, but the scriptures he's referring to is Genesis six. Not that would be then that, then that would be then that would be the scripture. The that's that would be one little uh, smidgen. Not, uh-uh. I, I highly doubt. Is that, that what Jesus... he's referring to? Is that what he's referring to? Are Are you asking me or Matt? I'm asking you. He's referring to Genesis six. Oh, okay. I mean, that's. Am I wrong? I think so. So, Be- because because the problem just, is is okay, Genesis just, six doesn't describe them being I, cast into hell, and okay, being bound I, I just, and put I just under the ground. I just want to make sure we're that. we're on the same page here. What right now? What we're arguing is is First Enoch scripture. Is mm-hmm. that, is, that's the debate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you okay. said it was. You guys, you guys, you guys. <laughs> Dre, you're supposed to use Brian's words against him. Is is Jesus a, an acceptable um, mouthpiece on this topic? I, I think is Jesus an authority <laughs> on what is scripture and what is not? Yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> so, my my oh, only so point good. with all of that is that it's the it to me it has the same strength as your john 3 argument i i think i think they they're that's my point yeah. i said all of that to say that john 3 does not exclude enoch even though we agree that it's not scripture john 3 is not the reason why it's not because matthew 22 says that it is i don't think matthew 22 says that it is well i don't think that john 3 says it's not Matthew 22 is a lot closer to saying it is than John 3 saying it isn't because John 3 doesn't even say Enoch or angels or anything that references that book. I will it says people going I, into heaven. I will right. entrust my case to the jury. Listeners, <laughs> weigh in in the comments. Listen, my, my, only, ju- my only judge is Jesus. So, so, all right. So, 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 so let's circle back because I want to hear how you, how you reconcile, uh, John Kings. three with with Second Kings. Oh, with Elijah. Yeah. Well, clearly somebody went into heaven. Who who was not the son of man? Because Elijah is not the son of man. So Jesus is a liar. No. He was. You he, heard it he here was, first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Are are you, are you done? Maybe. Okay. Probably not. Uh, no, I think Jesus was 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 referencing something specific that was kind of central to the conversation, um, and that's kind of the like that's kind of the only way this isn't a contradiction between John three and Second Kings. Um, How do we know talk- Nicodemus wasn't asking about Elijah? Right, it's weird but- that you make that that you make the inference that he had to be asking about Enoch specifically. That's a that's a really weird. Leap he knows to make. a couple of dudes went to heaven. He's like at least two motherfuckers I know went to heaven. 
Okay. Or so didn't is, die. Is there is there a book of Elijah that we're debating about being scripture that well, was that loomed no, large in, in second type of no, but, no, but, but second kings did. No, but Jesus was very specific, very well, but that's it, kind of my point though, is that Jesus was Jesus was aware of Second Kings. He was aware of Genesis five. Right, which is why I don't think it, he meant what what you're interpreting that he meant. I think he okay. was being broad and metaphorical, not well, not literal. Well, okay, what did he mean? He meant just what I said a second ago. I've, I already said that he was basically telling Nicodemus, "You're out of your mind to come to me with these kinds of questions. You are no authority. I'm well, the authority." Okay, what's like, the metaphor though? About he, he was basically just talking about himself. He wasn't actually saying no one's ever ascended to heaven. He was saying only the guy that came from heaven can speak with authority about how to get there. Sure. That's what oh, he meant. That's actually a really good point. That's, so, that's it. In other words, Enoch and Elijah can't talk about how to get there because right. they're only there on God's mercy. Right. They got to go, and they're like such an outlier that you're screwed if you try to use them as the model. I'm well, the model. Because Enoch, Enoch but, doesn't but describe think, how to get to heaven, does he? Well, no. neither does Jesus. Because we don't rate to know that. Well, he, he but, does describe that, through him. And that's not even right. But that's not the objective: is to get to heaven. We don't go to heaven. Okay. You're rolling your eyes. Well, Am I wrong? Because you're you're playing with a theory you know that we agree on, and you're you're that was a word game. It's not a word game. It is a word game because Jesus talks about the path to God. And, right. and, the, and the path to salvation, body. and you know that when we say body. go to heaven, that's what we mean. That's I'm not I, no, that's, but that's not a spiritual body. That's not what that means, though. The fuck? What does it mean? Like, we don't go to heaven. No shit, like, Brian. Okay, I so know that, and to... you know that I know that. So don't, don't play gotcha with word games. I'm not playing me. gotcha. Okay, you so just did. did. So did I'm Elijah... asking what you mean? So did Why Elijah? Are you mad at me for this? Did Enoch go to heaven? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, that, that. So why didn't Jesus just say, Hey, look, you don't even go to heaven. Shut up. That's that essentially what, what he was saying. That is what he was saying. Cause that's so not now the, we agree. There's two exceptions of people who went to heaven. And now he's like, Nicodemus, stop uh, asking about heaven. You're not, he's going. like, you're not going. So what's it matter? I don't agree with that. I think we're, we've, so what, we, we've, we've, we've gone to a weird place here. No. Okay. Stop. Hold on. You said, Okay. And Nicodemus asked about heaven. Am I right or wrong? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then Jesus said what? No one, has ever gone, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. Cool. Now, why would he say that to him? Because Nicodemus is asking. Because Nicodemus isn't going to heaven. No. Right? No. Not, so is not. Nicodemus going to heaven? No, he's not. But that's not the point that, that I was making. Like I'm not trying to fight. I don't care what your point was. What was Jesus's point? Jesus's point was that Nicodemus had this idea, based on the Book of Enoch, that a teacher who came from God ascends into heaven and sees stuff and can report stuff back and can give these awesome descriptions of what can be seen and what heaven's like. I think that's a take. That's that's a take. Or Nicodemus knows about this guy named Elijah who got rolled up on by a by a lunar landing module and taken into heaven, and he wants to get on one. 
Like why it, it's just as equally likely that he wants to be like Elijah as it is. He wants to be like Enoch. In fact, right. when Christ resurrected and when Christ died, people were looking into the sky screaming Elijah. They weren't screaming Enoch. Was there a book of Elijah? That, was it, that doesn't matter. That's, a, that's, why a, that's, were they that's, a, that's an awful Wait, ar counter argument, Brian. Why, why doesn't that matter? It's a horrible counter argument. You guys are arguing that the book of Enoch should be scripture. I'm no, not. No, we're not. Then what are we? What are we talking? We're about? arguing against your logic that John three rebutes why it isn't correct. I, I asked you that if we put a pin in reality and said books, the the book of the Watchers and the book of Parables is the only books of Enoch, and that it was divinely inspired, could it be in the Bible? Would it be problematic? And you said yes because of John three. Yeah, and you're you're using John three as the only reason. That Enoch is incompatible, or the primary with, reason, well, with, that's, as that's, as as the the main reason that it's incompatible. That's the, that's the reason I'm addressing right now. But I already mentioned Hebrews, which, when it describes Enoch, doesn't say Enoch who had all these visions and saw these things yeah. and talked about the luminaries. Because everybody already knows that story, right? Because it was such a circulated book that everyone knew, even Nicodemus. Well, but the thing is, we don't we don't get any more information about Enoch in the Epistle to the Hebrews right. than what we get from Genesis five, right? Which is nothing essentially. Like it's it's like this right. much. So, like they don't they don't reference the Book of Enoch as if this is a a, a, a credible record of who Enoch was and what he experienced. They only reference the information we get from Genesis five, which 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 indicates that the writer of Hebrews did not regard the, the the book of Enoch to be scripture or credible for telling us about Enoch. What it was credible for was telling us what intertestamental Jews believed about the Messiah, about the Watchers, about Genesis 6. You got that from it, Hebrews? I got that from Hebrews and reading the book of Enoch. Oh, well, am I, am I? Do you disagree? Well, well but as a, to, let me go back for a second. You asked. Okay. You, you kept asking, "Is there a book of Elijah?" Is there? There's not. But Elijah is mentioned 98 times in the Bible. All uh, right. Yeah. The reason there's a book of Enoch is because Enoch only gets mentioned four times in the whole Bible, and they, we needed more background on him. Who decided we needed more background on him? If he's on par with Elijah, he should be as equally mentioned, shouldn't he? According to whom? It would just make sense. The, the, According the, to the writers that were divinely well, inspired in the inter-testimonial period. Inter-inter-inter-inter-testamental. Inter, 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 testicular period. No, it is a leap. It's but it's it's no more a leap than anything else we're talking about around this topic. Like all of this is a leap because we're making assumptions. I don't think I've made any leaps. So you made an absolute leap to say that Nicodemus was asking about Enoch. I made logical inferences. Sure. Based on you make logical <laughs> inferences and I make asinine leaps. That that makes that's that's well, perfectly yep, sound. Got it. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. You're right. Well, yeah, why do why do we even why do we even do a show if if only one of us can make logical assumptions and the rest of us make leaps? No, you can leaps make are logical fun. you can make logical inferences too. Right. You didn't do it here. Except so there was two people that were that ascended. Right. I agree. One of them's mentioned 98 times and one of them's mentioned four times. Okay. And that makes perfect sense. Uh, 
what are you saying by that? And what, the what one that's that only mentioned four times is the one Nicodemus is referencing. Right. And yeah. not the dude mentioned 98, 98 times. times. Yeah. Okay. So are you <laughs> arguing that Nicodemus had Elijah in mind when he asked that? Possibly. Yeah. What yeah. are your reasons for that? It's it's um 98 to four times more likely that he was assuming it was Elijah versus Enoch. Okay. Especially if, if this book why, was not scripture. Well, okay. So if, why would so why would the writer of Hebrews think that the book's not scripture, okay. but Nicodemus okay. thinks that it is? Okay, hold on a second. So you're are you saying that the book of Enoch was not that that was not a factor in Nicodemus's question? It wasn't a part of Second Temple Jewish culture that, that Nicodemus would have been thinking about. Saying all is these that, things. No. No, I didn't say any of that, or I don't think any of that. I think okay. I think if two it's people ascended possible, and Nicodemus all. wants to ascend, and he's asking a question about ascension, which by the way, I don't think he was. But if I'm gonna play, if I'm gonna go with your theory that that's what the discussion was about, okay. It's it's much more likely somewhere on the order of 20 to 1 that he would be talking about the guy that's mentioned more often in the Bible than the guy that we know nothing about except non-canonical things. Especially when they when he asks, who do people think you are? And someone says, we think you're Elijah. Right. All right. So people no call Jesus I... Elijah. Nobody ever accused Jesus of being Enoch. All right. So we agree that first Enoch is not considered canon. But why do you keep going back to that? <laughs> what? That's what we're talking we, about. Why we wouldn't I go back that, to that? We settled that, man. So what are we talking about right we're now? We're talking about... You can't say that John 3 is the reason why it's not. We have lots of reasons why it's not, and John 3 is not the primary reason because we don't okay. know that's what he was talking about. All right. Well, I think that's what he's talking about, but I don't like my No, you're point. dying on this hill. Like you've been <laughs> no. you're, you're you're fucking Charlie Sheen <laughs> in platoon on your knees. And I'm Barnes. Right, right. Don't do, do, don't, do, 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 do. don't ever call me Tiger Charlie Wood. Charlie, Charlie Wood. Tiger, have. Tiger Woods. What? Tiger what's Woods. going on? I was thinking of Tiger Blood. I, I thought about that. <laughs> he transposed Tiger Blood into Charlie Wood, and I, I was pouring water and thinking, of, and I got distracted. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, that's not your name. Every time I see two and a half minutes, like, look, Chuck Wood. All right. So, so let me do this, guys. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's getting well, late. This conversation's well, my, gotten right, long. Let me let's own, do this. Let's wrap. Yeah. To, let's wrap. Write this second up. Let's figure out if we need to have a third conversation about Enoch. I don't think because I don't, I don't think so. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Matt. Well, I was just yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to get us wrapped up because this is we're we're starting to get into our 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 lingering phase that we do when we argue points. So let me let me let me let me summarize. Brian doesn't believe Enoch is in any way, shape, or form inspired, which is fine. That's the mainstream approach. So congrats, Brian, on being brave and bold. Um that was my goal. It's always my. It's always my goal. Um, <clears throat> Brian believes John three is the primary reason because of an unquoted no primary not, discussion no. that Nicodemus and Jesus had. That is a reason, not we the can, we can roll the reason. tape. In fact, <laughs> y'all, hey, go back and just rewind and say we're right or wrong. I'll put a bookmark in YouTube where he says it at. I'll be like, that it's is right a here. reason. <laughs> I will fight for that reason. I'm going to put a bouncing him. arrow right there. Is, I don't. Not I will probably cheat on this reason. He I is, won't do that because I don't know how to. He is um, an Oliver Stone character on that reason. I, so, 
so I think that probably sums up where, where we're at there. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that I think the first quarter, first half, whatever the, the parables and the watchers are, might have been inspired. I don't know. And it's not a hill I'm going to die on. So it's not, this isn't some kind of scandalous conversation, right? It's just, I believe it's possible that there were things that were written in the intertestamental period that could have been inspired that didn't make it into the Bible. And, you know, for right or for wrong, um, I believe the Bible is perfectly correct as it is from a, from a biblical point of view, um, whether I'm, or not I'm on board with that. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean things, other things couldn't have been inspired that didn't make it in, but that's, it's, it's a fine thing. It's, it's, it's whatever. Right. I um, read, uh, I, I read through Chronicles today and it references so many other sources outside of the Bible as credible, yeah, right. That apparently only Chronicles is authoritative and the rest of the books of the Bible, but there are books that would be awesome to have. Sure. So Yeah. That would inform and, them what we have. Yeah. And 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 this, by the way, goes back to that whole sola scriptura versus prima scriptura kind of conversation, right? That there could be things that aren't in the Bible that are important, necessary, relevant, and could still be inspired. That, you know, just because they're not in the Bible doesn't they're just not in the Bible. That's just a thing. It's a it's binary, right? In Bible, yeah. out of Bible. And for next week, we do need to do we do need to devote some attention to the fact that. Enoch was basically lost for yeah. millennia yeah. and has we, we now can... been rediscovered. And that like, uh, yeah, this is going to be a three-parter. Yeah, that's, I think so get, too. So Dre, so th those are my close. That's just kind of my closing thoughts. Dre, closing thoughts on, um, on where we are today? Yeah, I think you, I think you guys wrapped it up pretty good. Um, and, and, and Brian was killed by Oliver Stone. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> he died. Feel, he died I, on Nicodemus Hill. John I feel III. great. I feel like, great, uh, you know, for, and that's, and that's that. So, uh, hey, if you're still around, thank you. Uh, go ahead and uh, hit the like button and uh, share the show with your friends. And if you know other people, tell them to subscribe. And um, yeah, and you can hear more Oliver Stone references what it has to do with with John in the in the gospel. And with that, I will say. Stay curious. Stay, uh, what else are we saying? Enlightened. Uh, enlightened. enlightened. We got to stay enlightened. Yeah, stay enlightened. <laughs> enlightened and curious. And uh, <laughs> we will catch you next week where we'll Both try to wrap this subject up. I don't know. God bless. I See think everybody. we'll do it. I think we'll do it.